Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica is taking a little time off, but we'll be back one week from today. In the meantime, she has left me some great material to post in the patron feed, including, for example, cracking the code on the MH370 flight. So if that sounds interesting to you, this is the time to become a patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Cam is back with us today to help us out. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing all right. And I have to say to those who aren't a Patreon member, I was able to get onto that uh, that disappearing patron party this last Friday and Boy, was Monica relaxed and fun to talk to. They're missing that was, out. Uh, that was a fun patron party. I know I need to make sure I eat a little bit more before I partake in those cocktails that we, we do in those. But we have a lot to talk about today. So on to our first story of the day. Biden's troop withdrawal out of Afghanistan is not going so well. That is, according to the media anyway. This is the top story of the day. It's inescapable. It's everywhere. The Taliban have taken over Afghanistan's capital city of Kabul, which means that the entire country and its government are now effectively under Taliban control. The U.S. has completely evacuated its embassy there. This whole situation follows the long U.S. troop drawdown in Afghanistan. My initial thoughts on this are that Biden didn't mess up at all. He didn't screw up like everybody's saying. I think that he executed the plan as intended with expected results. And I'll tell you why I believe that in a minute. But here is what we're being told from the media. Trump botched it. Biden botched it. America botched it. We've lost the war in Afghanistan. Now the Taliban is in control and the Afghans are fleeing for their lives. We're being shown images of Afghans frantically and desperately running around the airport. Some are hanging on plane wheels as the plane lifts off. The desperation is being emphasized. We're being told that this is like the fall of Saigon when the North Vietnamese took over after the American withdrawal back in 1975, an event that became an enduring symbol of defeat. That's what they're trying to kind of illustrate here. And as evidence of this, that it's like the fall of Saigon, we're being shown this side-by-side photos of similar pictures of helicopters pulling people off of embassies, one in Afghanistan from today, the other from Saigon in 1975. Every news outlet is showing this. This is a production. It's designed to create a specific impression Is this like the fall of Saigon? I don't know. What I do know is that showing a picture of two helicopters that look similar from 40 (laughs) years apart is not evidence to prove that. Yet we're being told that it is evidence to prove that. They could have also gotten an image of all the people on the street that were celebrating this. They weren't wearing masks. They could have shown that, compared that with a bunch of Trump supporters at a Trump rally not wearing masks and said, look, it's, it's a bunch of Trump supporters in the Taliban that are super spread. They, could, they can make any impression they want by pulling these images out of context and repeatedly mm-hmm. showing them to us and telling us what they mean beforehand. So all of the images we're seeing, I don't, I don't trust that that lines up with the story that they're telling us. Here's what I perceive from the media that I think is going on. Like I said, I don't, I don't think he's messing up. I think that part of the Great Reset is that America is no longer going to be in the position of power that it is now in the world. And China is going to kind of emerge to level the playing field or perhaps overtake us. And we don't have our own house in order right now. So we got to pull out of there and we demonstrate 
weakness. They show weakness by the images. They show failure. They show our standing is no longer strong. So we have to come home and we have to take care of things domestically. And that is where Biden's war on terror is. He has emphasized this since he got in office. We are no longer going to put all these resources towards the foreign war on terror. We're, we're going to focus on the domestic war on terror. And you demonstrate the weakness of America there. And then you give Biden the opportunity to say, we need to shore things up at home. And now he can really focus on the scourge of domestic terrorism. And the ironic part of that is that the people most likely to celebrate what's going on, to be happy that we're getting out of there because nobody likes war. Most people don't like war. I shouldn't say nobody. Yeah. Some people really, really love war. I don't like war. <laughs> I don't think you like war. I know most libertarians don't like war. Libertarians are, from what I uh, from what I am seeing, are happy with Biden's move to pull out of there. Yet Biden is going to turn right around and is going to be targeting libertarians in this domestic war on terror. With that said... Over the weekend, right before this story broke today, the Department of Homeland Security issued a National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin regarding the current heightened threat environment across the United States. In the bulletin, it said, These threats include those posed by domestic terrorist individuals and groups engaged in grievance-based violence, and those inspired or motivated by foreign terrorist and other malign foreign influences. These actors are increasingly exploiting online forums to influence and spread violent extremist narratives and promote violent activity. Such threats are also exacerbated by impacts of the ongoing global pandemic, including grievances over public health safety measures and perceived government restrictions. So this government advisory that came out right around this time, right before all this stuff happened over there in Afghanistan, is focusing attention on conspiracy theorists, quote, anti-maskers, questioning the legitimacy of the election, and anybody questioning these narratives. There's a national terrorist alert around that. Then we get this thing where we're pulling out of Afghanistan. It falls apart. I think this is all part of the domestic terrorism focus, personally. I think that it very well could be. I think that that makes a lot of sense. But I don't think that they are getting this out to the press in that way because the press you know like i said last week and like i i have a whole list of headlines again this week of how they are the war because the one thing that the press loves more than anything else is hot wars i mean the pandemic has been a big money maker for them but it's never it's never as much as the excitement of war on stage and so you've got this 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 smattering of headlines. Uh, Rick Scott of Florida wants uh, to remove Biden from office over this Afghanistan thing using the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Um, mainstream the Fox was this is an art uh, a headline from Fox where they were talking they were saying good things about CN MSNBC and CNN. Uh, mainstream media bashes Biden for flat-footed, humiliating betrayal of Af of Afghans as Taliban takes control. Like they were just talking about how much they love that CNN and MSNBC are now for like against Biden. Scenes of chaos of in Kabul. I, do you believe that video of the the people falling from that jet? I don't know. I it could happen. You could stir enough fear in people to where that would happen. 
I can't say one way or another because this is the thing about foreign policy and really anything we get through our internet boxes is it's what Walter Lippmann called the pseudo environment. We can't tell if it's real because we don't have contact with it and we are not there. And they have the technology to make that up. I thought those pictures of people running around screaming at the airport, it looked a little ridiculous to me. I don't it know if you saw those. planned. To me, like I, I mean, I, I don't like. No, it did. It looked play. I agree this, completely. This conspiracy mindset, but I mean, I was watching that and I was like, this doesn't look natural. No, it doesn't. It, it all looks like a stage production to me. I'm not saying that it couldn't be real. It could be real. I'm not saying it's all faked, but I, I'm saying that the way that it's framed and, and the context they're building around it, I don't think it's telling the truth of what is actually happening in those circumstances on the ground. Right. And one of the things that I look for in um, for propaganda is, you know, I'm reading through these different headlines and I I went on Twitter and I postulated, you know, when you see a young girl talking about how bad of an idea it is to leave Afghanistan, then, you know, that the corporate press is is pushing for war. It took two inches. I went to news, scrolled two inches and Afghan girl tearfully admits fears of dying slowly in history. It's a video of a little Af- Af- Afghani girl crying about what's happening right now. And I'm just like, I feel bad for these people. I feel bad for the people who decided that uh, hooking up with the United States in Afghanistan was a good idea. Like the, the, you said, you know, we have, they want us to think about how we lost this war today. We've known that we lost this war since October 7th, 2021. I mean, I'm sorry, 2001, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. The day that they they started this thing, everyone with half a brain has been saying that we will not win this. Dr. Paul said we would not win this. I mean, this is not a new phenomenon, but you can tell that the the corporate press wants that war to continue they want more they want more fighting and i don't think that the left hand is talking to the right hand in this moment because they're primed for war and it seems very much like the uh the state biden and the great resetters are on a completely different page because we are the terrorists now they, they they're putting up pictures of the the insurrection on 16 next to pictures of the taliban who just took over the country and calling those people the u.s taliban and that is something i noticed a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about how these trump platforms that have emerged i don't know which one specifically i can't remember but they were saying how it's filled with taliban people on there and they're spreading disinformation they were talking about them just like they were trump supporters from january 6th so they've been making these comparisons to the taliban and trump supporters Mm -hmm. from january 6th for at least a month or so now and i think that there could be some tying them together. I think part of this alert here where they're saying that the domestic terrorists could be influenced by the radical nature of these foreign terrorists, especially leading up to September 11th. I think that we're going to see the January 6th thing and the Taliban thing start to continue to intertwine in this narrative. I don't know how it's going to play out in the story they tell us, but they've definitely been weaving those narrative elements together over the past month. Well, and and I don't know if I know. I think you listened to Biden's speech, which was a grab bag. There was some good stuff. Like he he had this really good quote that I, I wrote down: "American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves." That's true. 
Yeah. But he, I mean, most of it was about him blaming Trump and Trump, then saying yeah. the buck stops here, but which is just backwards. But I'm I'm listening to this and I'm going, you're right. These are this is what should be being said. And I want to agree with you, but I don't know what you're really doing right now. I I know I can't trust you. So what's yeah, your right. angle here? Because yeah. it, but he 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 let us know what it was because he he mentioned I don't know if he mentioned domestic terror. I didn't I didn't I didn't my ears didn't pick up domestic, but he then listed off a list of countries where terrorism happened and that we were going to be focusing on now like Somalia, Syria, all the places we screwed up already. And so it's it's hard listening to this speech because there are parts that are good. And you're like, you know, if you would be consistent on this, I would say go Joe Biden. But the truth is he's fighting himself the entire way because leaving Afghanistan is good because us being there is what leads to Taliban recruitment. It's what leads to insurrect that we shouldn't be there, period. This yeah. is what causes it. Um, what's his name? Uh, Osama bin Laden said in his when he talked about 9-11 that the reason he did the things he did was because of the the sanctions in iraq and all the the dead children in iraq that because of american foreign policy so we need to listen to that whether or not 9-11 happened as the i don't believe the official story but whether or not it happened that way you listen to your enemies you listen to the bad guy and you find out why they do the things that they're, they're doing. Because, you know, even if there's a mustard seed of truth in that, then why are you saying we have to stop in Afghanistan, but we have to keep going in Somalia? Do we want Somali terrorists? Do we want Syrian terrorists? Do we want what do we want? Because there's no consistent message in what Joe Biden talked about tonight. I think what. They might express that they well, they won't say they want this, but I think what they might end up identifying it as it would not surprise me is that because they talked about how we could have something happen on on uh, on our land here in the United States after this happens, if there's a conflict over there, I think we're going to see them ultimately tie radicals, domestic terrorism, Trump supporters, or they'll call them Trump supporters, with with Taliban. They'll say that the extremists got together because they decided their common enemy was Biden and his administration. That I, I would not be surprised if there was some false flag or some FBI, you know, where they thwarted, they thwarted an yeah, they, an attack, and then they say that these people who were radicals from January 6th got together with the Taliban and they were planning some sort of attack. And listen to this right here. This is part. This is from that national terrorism thing again. It says that. Through the remainder of 2021, racial or ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists will remain a national threat priority in the U.S. Those extremists may seek to exploit the emergence of COVID-19 variants by viewing the potential reestablishment of public health restrictions across the United States as a rationale to conduct attacks. So I think there could be some linking of them around that, whether it's they're being trained by Taliban because they do talk a lot about how these mm -hmm. these people get their training from military people and if they if they end up connecting it's just it's enemy of my enemy is your friend i can see them telling that story when it comes to the taliban and january 6 people right. and we have 
a couple just a couple of headlines and I pointed this out last week but so we're only going to hear headlines about anti-mask protest when they can be framed in a negative way and I think this is going to be the start of this domestic terrorism like today man stabbed reporter assaulted at Los Angeles City Hall anti-coronavirus vaccine rally and what it, what this was when you read the article was this was a proud boy versus Antifa that's all it was and they were calling the they were calling the pro-vaxxers there was pro-vax counter protesters why in the world would you go fight a bunch of anti-vaxxers if you're so concerned about the coronavirus as a pro-vaxxer but you read the article it's the new version of the Antifa versus Proud Boy thing and I'm telling you I'm worried they're going to be bringing Taliban into it well, I, I would be worried about that as well. But here's here's a question that came into my mind as I'm watching all of this going on in Afghanistan. Because just last week when we were talking about it just briefly, I think on Thursday, uh, they were talking about how Kabul might be taken in 30 days. Yeah. And they were talking about how this other place may be taken in the next couple of days. And, you know, in June, Biden said that there was no way that it was going to turn around over a weekend, go from Saturday to Monday and there'd be a full takeover. I mean, that was clearly wrong, which makes me go, is this is this planned? Does Joe Biden just it not know what's going on totally and they're planned. playing with him? Yeah, it seems um, totally. Well, yeah, I don't know well, about that. What it, but. What, what it seems like is that when Joe Biden said build back better, the Taliban took him seriously and started <laughs> doing that. Because let me tell you. Like it really seems like what happened was the Taliban slipped into the Afghan army DMs on Instagram and said, hey, girl, please, please stop fighting. And they were like, anything for you, boo, because I am. My question is, do the Afghan people, not the ones that were tied to the U.S. or tied to U.S. imperialism or made money off the U.S. doing this, do they want the Taliban to be in charge? It certainly seems like it, the way the narrative is being told, and images that they're not showing as frequently, in fact, I haven't seen them on any of the mainstream outlets, is images of people in the streets celebrate, just enthusiastic, happy about this. Dancing Afghanis. Yeah, dancing Afghanis, right, exactly, just like on (laughs) 9-11. And... (laughs) You know, although I do wonder, though, like I said earlier, none of them were wearing masks. I don't know if they're vaccinated. So Biden shouldn't have to worry because the Delta variant will destroy all of them in, in less than six weeks. Right. So they should be able to take retake the government, the Afghans, as long as they get vaccinated. They should yeah. be able to retake the government. All I know is that regardless of what the power brokers are doing in these situations, there are a lot of people that are in danger right now. Like alleged, according to Jen Griffin, she said that the uh, in Kabul, the Taliban are going door to door looking for those who have worked with, had fought alongside Americans and were looking and they're looking for retribution already. And I heard another report that they're taking guns off of citizen citizens, I guess, in Afghanistan. So, I mean, there are people in danger. And I'm so sure it's terrifying. Can't forget sure. that. And yeah. you know, pray for the people who aren't Taliban <laughs> in in Afghanistan. Also play, pray for the Taliban. They find, they find Jesus and turn their lives around. Yeah. But this, this is wild. But I'm, I, I will say, regardless of what goes on. I'm glad I don't policy, live there. I will say this. I'm yeah. glad I don't live there. 
and I'm just I, I regardless of what happens from here and what their agenda is, I will I am happy that there will not be Americans dying for people who wouldn't even fight for themselves. Yeah, I don't like war. I know you don't like war. War is bad. They they love it. <laughs> These they people in it. power, they love it. They seem to get what they want or try to get what they want through war instead of trying to discover other means and light more enlightened means. I want to say one other thing about the domestic terror thing because I think this is linked into it. And I got this right before right before we started. We're having an episode purged from Spotify of one of our shows from September 9th of 2020. And I have a feeling that this is going to be just the beginning. I expect to get more and more emails about this in the coming weeks because the title of this episode, it was a drive time news blast, the reverse psychology of the vaccine flip. I don't even remember what the what the exactly the show was. Obviously, right. it was a vaccine related, but. It says, we found the following episode to be in violation of our content policies and have removed it. Please see what content is prohibited on Spotify for more information. And we were forwarded this by Libsyn, which is the, oh, okay. the host. Yeah. And they said that they weren't doing anything, but they just said this is what Spotify said. So I, I, we expected this. We expected this purge to kind of start. And this stuff is directly related to the way that they are framing what domestic terror is, which is anybody who questions the vaccine, anybody who questions the, the lockdowns. And get ready. Get all your content downloaded if you guys, if you guys yeah. do shows and stuff, because I think the purge is going to be – I think this is a, a signal right here. Well, the good thing about my show – and I would recommend it for you guys as well, is one, I have I have two different contingencies. Because first off, I host all my stuff through uh, AWS, so it's just direct. So if Spotify takes it down or Apple takes it down or any of those take it down, you know, I still have the file to, if I want to push it and throw that up there again. But I also keep my entire backlog on Rockfin, where you guys are as well. And so you can find all of my back stuff on Rockfin. And I also double post my videos to Odyssey which is on the blockchain, so it can never be deleted. So there, there are ways to make sure that you're canceled proof. And we are, luckily. Yeah, and I yeah. Recommend that's what we're doing that right now. We're backing up that. a lot of our stuff, too. But I was a little surprised to get that today. I wasn't expecting it from Spotify, but I guess I should have expected it from Spotify. Joe Rogan, he made a statement really criticizing the vaccine recently. So I'm, I wonder if that was a canary in the coal mine. I don't know if his episode has gotten taken down. I haven't checked in on that. But... Before we get to our final story of the Free 30, which is going to be about the impact the pandemic has had on babies' cognitive development, which there's some very, some very interesting findings. I'm going to tell you about what's going to be in the Patreon 15, which is how state officials in New York and California are using low-paid young workers as guinea pigs in their little vaccine passport experiments. And a surprising new finding about Lollapalooza and COVID. I also want to thank the sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. 
Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, Share a laugh and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's sh- and for Propaganda Report listeners only, use the coupon code PROP10 to get a discount on your purchase. And if you haven't yet, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check us out on Patreon. If you join up at our basic level, the Truth Sponge level, you will get access to all of our Patreon-exclusive content, which includes the Patreon 15, where we pick up where we left off here on the DMB while letting our hair down a bit. What you'll get is extra content every single day that we do a DMB, and you will get this show, the Drive Time News Blast, commercial-free, plus the patreon content that's 45 minutes of commercial free content every weekday you also get access to early releases at the true sponge level as well as select patron only interviews and participation in our patron only mini q a's you also get direct access to monica and i as well as our entire patreon community which is a highly engaging highly interactive and very good looking community all of that for seven bucks a month so check it out if you don't like it then you can stop it after a month and check out another tier Patreon.com slash propaganda report. With that said, on to the final story of the Free 30. So, this study was from Brown University. Here's some of what it found. Children born during the coronavirus pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born before the pandemic. And this discrepancy is particularly pronounced in males as well as as children in lower socioeconomic families, according to the preliminary data out of Brown University. And researchers believe that this highlights that even in the absence of infection and illness, the pandemic has had a significant negative impact on infant and children development. They compared it to 2019 also, and 2019 cognitive development was a lot stronger, and they said it's clear that these young infants are developing differently than pre-pandemic, and that addressing this now while their brain is at its most plastic and responsive is imperative. Now, here's where it gets really interesting, in my opinion. They concluded that, that the results suggest that this development is impaired by the pandemic's effect on environmental factors. So children are very heavily influenced by their environment when they're growing up, their other uh, genes, but also the environment. The brain undergoes a lot of structural and fu- functional growth driven both by the genetic and environmental factors. And the COVID pandemic greatly altered the environment of both young children and pregnant individuals, which could greatly influence the development. And they said that the researchers said that closures and lockdowns 
are factors that limited the children's learning and the typical activities they were in. And they also said the stress caused by the various factors of the pandemic affected the parents and the mom not wanting to go to the hospital and have an overall stress from the fear of having a baby during the pandemic. They said the prenatal visits for women while they were pregnant, they increased that maternal stress, that depression, that anxiety. And this could have led to this negative impact on the cognitive development. And finally, the researcher said, and they kind of buried this at the bottom, they said that the potential effect of mask wearing on children, stating that children were unable to see the full facial expressions of the study staff and that this may have impacted their understanding of test questions and instructions because of limitations posed by mask on nonverbal cues or the understanding of spoken instructions. So they weren't developing that communication with right. their parents during the pandemic because their face is covered. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we and everyone else with half a brain has been saying since last. How has it been this long? It How has seems it been so. Long? Yeah, it's been forever. It's gone on for so long. We knew it was going to go on this long. I said it in Event 201. But, but it's crazy that it really has continued on. But we, we said this early on, you know, when in during child development, especially the young years, the younger years, kids need to see the faces of their parents. They need to see the faces of people they talk to in public. They need to learn things like nonverbal cues. They need to learn facial you know, recognize facial um, mannerisms. They need to know what people look like when they're angry, happy, sad. And putting the mask on does away with that. I mean, it was, it, uh, there were two people that we were most worried about. I say we collectively, um, but not like the bad guys, um, that we were kind of worried about in the beginning of the pandemic, which were the children and the deaf. Because deaf people rely on watching your lips move to read your lips and to be able to communicate well. And not everyone knows sign language. And so these are two, two places that it put people at a disadvantage immediately and helped them absolutely none. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rand Paul got kicked off of YouTube for seven days because he said that the cloth masks you buy at the store don't hold back the virus. And it's like, yeah, the back of the package says that it says that it literally <laughs> says that on the package and he got kicked <laughs> off for seven days it's crazy i mean they're so they're not supposed world, to dude. be used to protect you from anything read the back of the, the package when you see those masks in the story it says it clearly it's yep. unbelievable so there's some evidence there and it's funny again like last week we had the story where what was the story where they were very reluctant to say that okay it was about the psychology of people, uh, the pseudoscience, people who... Yes, 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 yes. Adhere to the... the um, God, what was it? The people who believe in science are more likely to fall for pseudoscience. Yeah, who, yeah, who, who unquestionably believe in science. Yeah, or, yeah more <laughs> likely. And they were kind of reluctantly saying that you should ask questions in the study here. They reluctantly are saying that the masks are part of the problem. The closures and the lockdowns are part of the problem. It's stunting the cognitive development of children. We'll see how that, if it pans out, if, may, if they are able to regain that. I don't know. Obviously, you'll have to do some long-term studies. But I think that wraps it up for today's show. A lot of um, stuff from overseas. Yeah. 
And I imagine that will be a theme for the rest of the week. And then they will rope some COVID right back into it. It's funny how you, you, when you just all of a sudden shift subjects that it's really heavy on that one subject and the Delta variant must be taking a break today, but I'm sure it will be back again tomorrow or Wednesday. Absolutely. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there or rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. Thank you for listening and we will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.